Welcome to the heart of show business. I am your host, Alexia Melocchi. I believe in great storytelling and that every successful artist has a deep desire to express something from the heart to create a ripple effect in our society. Emotion and entertainment are closely tied together. My guests and I want to give you insider access to how the film, television, and music industry works. We will cover dreams come true, the road less travel, journey beginnings, and a lot of insight and inspiration in between. I am a successful film and television entrepreneur who came to America as a teenager to pursue my show business dreams. Are you ready for some unfiltered real talk with entertainment visionaries from all over the world? Then let's roll sound and action. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the heart of show business. I am so thrilled that I have a very dear friend of mine on my show today, Emmanuel Littier. He's a Frenchman, of course. Don't ask me why I bring on Frenchmen on my show. It's, I don't know why, but it happens when you're an international person like myself. Uh, Emmanuel Littier is an experienced feature film producer who I actually know from the film market circuit. Him and I have gone to all the film festivals in Cannes and Milan and Toronto and the American film market, and that's how we know each other. He is actually buys films for primarily for French distributors, but also many other distributors, and that's how we know one another. We sit in line watching films together and talking about what's good and what's not for our clients. What happened is he then started finding his voice by making conscious content in documentaries primarily. Of course, he has a ton of film credits, uh, but I do want to speak about his documentary work because it's so meaningful and so needed today. I met him in, actually, I worked with him briefly, slightly, in 2012 when he did the peace documentary, The Invocation, narrated by Sharon Stone and starring Desmond Tutu, His Highness, uh, His Highness, His Holiness, but He's also Highness, the Dalai Lama, because he's king to me, uh, Deepak Chopra, as well as many other worldwide peace activists. And I got a little special thanks credit on that film because I brought in some actors and I brought in some really great spiritual leaders that contributed to the documentary. Uh, he's also a successful journalist for rock magazines, French TV networks for the last 25 years on the board of Santa Barbara Film Festival for a decade. And he also is on the board of directors for uh, Darfur Women Action Group in attempt to bring peace in Darfur. He's done a ton of great documentaries, obviously the invocation being one of them, another one about celebrating women around the planet, FAM, uh, Women Healing the World. And he's also doing now a series called The Oneness Collection, Documentaries for a Conscious Humanity. So welcome to my show. I know that was a super long bio, but I had to tell all these great things that you're doing. <laughs> What can I add? I mean, that you said it all. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> right? We don't, we don't need to interview you anymore. Who cares? That's it. We're done. We're done. I think our actions need to speak for us more than our talks. You know, blah, blah is very cheap. And I think right now we're in a time of action. And that's what makes a difference. So I always tell people, it's great to meditate. It's great to pray. It's great to think. I think, therefore, I am. But you need to complete the sentence by saying, therefore, I do. 
And now we are in the time of doing. We're in time of finding solution for this pandemic. But the pandemic is not only about finding a vaccine. It's about finding a cure for each other to be back in connection, to be back in action, to have our business reopen, our world reopen. So more than ever, it's action, action, action. The first word you say when you start a movie or scene, action. Exactly. But what's very interesting is that both you and I are in the business of distribution where everything is about money, right? People are buying and selling movies based on how much money that movie or that show is going to make. So you entered into the world of documentaries, which are not necessarily money makers, right? What inspired you to want to do something in the documentary format? So two things. First about the inspiration. It was the uh, 2010, uh, the beginning of that decade. Now we are in 2020, another decade. Uh, but in, in 2010, I was mainly making uh, thriller, action, very B-movies, and I wasn't very satisfied with my voice. You were talking about finding your voice, your inner voice. And I think, you know, what makes you a happy person is when you find that inner voice and when you can put that inner voice into action. In my case, I realized, listen, my skills, my understanding, my uh, learning is, is all related to the movie business. So what is that uh, content that I could create to put my voice in action, in emotion? Well, it's documentaries, because documentaries are really a political platform for a filmmaker. And when I say political, it's beyond ideology. It's going back to the origin of the word, politis, which means for the people, for the city. And if we look at what's going on today, no politicians are doing politics. They're all doing gangsterism. So I wanted to do with my documentaries, real politics, real for the people content. And that's what really inspired me. It's, it's we the people. You know, we, we 8 billion people are totally complementary to each other. We are not in competition. We are all potential partners if we dare going beyond our fear of each other, or illusion that we are in competition. Um, so that's where it comes from, the inspiration to do this uh, oneness collection, which are documentaries for an awakened humanity, and more than ever, we need to awake. Uh, now, in terms of the monetization, well, actually, you know, documentaries are about money as well, because without money, you cannot make them. Any of my documentaries cost between 200000 to half a million dollars. So it's a lot of money to spend. And usually it's spent over two, three years of the making. It's a very slow, cruel process. So you need to, you need to think about the money. And, and, uh, and that's why you need to think of in terms of distribution as well. And yes, it's tricky because sadly, as you said, documentaries are not easy to distribute. It's a perception that uh, people don't care so much about documentary when actually for the uh, target crowd of 40 and above, it's one of the genres that's the most watched on Netflix, for example. So actually documentaries do have an impact and are very much watched by a more mature crowd, which is you and I. We are mature. We're not old. We're mature. We're educated. We're awakened. And we need stimulation for our mind. And documentaries provide that stimulation. 
that inspiration. So it is, it is tricky, but we, we need to monetize. We need to distribute these documentaries. Mainly now it's, it's thanks to the platforms. You know, I, I saw a great movie on Netflix last night called The Social Dilemma. So it's a proof uh, that there is, there is a life for documentaries and life that uh, is turned into a, a monetization so we can keep going and keep creating. Exactly. That's very interesting that you said that because I think you were a little bit ahead of your time when you started doing documentaries. People were going, oh, you know, it's very like intellectual, it's boring. But I have seen more and more documentary production, like you said, at Netflix, on Amazon, in all the streamers. And they're all very interesting. And I have to admit, many of them are more interesting than the films that are coming out today. And they are there. I think there's a thirst. People are thirsty right now especially with everything that's been happening to find connection and they're not going to find connection really in guns blowing you know and cars exploding they're going to find it in voices like yourself and of all the other great filmmakers that are putting great content out there now of course I would believe that for any person wanting to do documentaries beyond the fundraising there would be some challenges I think you are very very lucky because I think from being a producer and a buyer and a journalist, you got to meet a lot of celebrities and you were able to bring them on onto your documentaries. Tell me, do you think that the name, even the name people such as celebrities or luminaries are necessary for a documentary success? Yes and no. Um, you know, I, I think immediately to a movie called The Little Big Farm, which was sold by my friend Rina Ronson, and which was a huge, huge success. Love that. And they had no names. Uh, they had no names. So I think primarily it's, it's a subject. It's a concept. It's a storytelling. It's about emotion. It's about education. It's about inspiration. These are the, the, the qualities, I think, that a distributor, whether they are, like you said, Amazon, the Orcard, which distributed uh, The Little Big Farm, or the Short Show Dilemma released by Netflix, uh, that's what they look for. How is the audience going to connect with that picture? Uh, but yes, in terms of, you know, we buyers, you know, we're not necessarily that enlightened. <laughs> I mean, you and I are, but most buyers, let's be honest, are not so into the education, the awakening, and it's fine to reach their own. So therefore, we need to lure them with gimmicks. And gimmicks are usually names, whether they are Nobel Peace Laureate, actresses, anybody who is known in the mass media. So in my case, for example, for sure, it was very helpful that uh, through my journalism, uh, I was able to meet people like Sharon Stone, the Holiness uh, Dalai Lama, and so on. And it did help bring not only some credibility, because, you know, when you're a little French guy saying, hey, I'm going to do a, a movie about the notion of God or about women. I'm like, who are you? You're, you're just a crazy French guy doing a bit of journalism, uh, buying, producing erotic thrillers, action. How the heck are you going to do that? And so, obviously, by convincing these, these house names, it was very helpful because not only it attracted the, the, the equity money, but also it kind of showed the distributors that, okay, well, maybe this guy is a little bit of an original. He thinks out, out of the box. But if all these names are in these movies, it probably means that these movies are meaningful. And that's the thing. It's in terms of meanings. Ultimately, what is the meaning of the content you create? And what is the impact on the audience? And in our case, 
you know, these are humanitarian documentaries. These are documentaries that really give you tools, options, choices to better yourself and to be an active agent of change in humanity. That is so wonderful. I love the saying, active agent of change in humanity. This is such a deep statement, and I am sure it comes with challenges. Have you had any moment where you second-guessed yourself and said, am I doing the right thing or not? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think it's healthy. You know, when you are too proud of yourself and too uh, uh, reassured about yourself, the ego is taking over. Uh, and you think of yourself as the it, uh, and that's when you make mistake and, and you don't move forward. Every time I have a doubt, every time I'm scared of my own shadow, I remember that I have faith. And faith is a word that comes from a Latin verb, a pagan Latin verb, fidere, which means to trust. So how do we find this trust within ourselves, with others, with life? Well, you gain trust by daring yourself by moving forward, by going beyond your fear. That's real faith, the trust, the trust in the universe. In God we trust. That's what is written on the bank bill. What it means in life we trust. And I think that right now we're in the time of crisis because we have lost our faith. We have lost our trust in ourselves and others. And we need to rebuild that. So that's what I do every day. And yes, there are challenges. There are challenges what I'm trying to get to the Dalai Lama, going to the Aramshala, taking a car because I'm, I'm an idiot and I, I could have flown, but I took a car for 15 hours on crazy roads where I almost died every hour because of a, a typhoon, an elephant jumping in front of the road, the driver falling asleep. So there are challenges and fears constantly. The challenges and fear of feeding my own family because suddenly I'm in the middle of making a documentary where a year was in and I cannot find any more cash. <laughs> it's that simple. And buyers don't want to buy my movies because they're like, eh, we don't really see where you're going. I think you're just a little bit of a lunatic. Uh, show it to us when it's finished. And so, meanwhile, I have to find more cash, more cash, more cash. So, you know, I have to hustle. I have to convince friends. I have to convince businessmen uh, that I'm not totally crazy. Or, or as I always say, it's okay to be crazy as long as you have a plan. You need a method to your madness. And I think that's uh, what you learn along the way. You learn to focus, you know, to just galvanize and structure your madness and turn it into something that is active and proactive instead of being self-destructive. So that's how I go beyond the fear and beyond the doubt. Oh my goodness. Well, and I'm sure there is also the challenges that I found myself, I don't know about you, is how do you make peace between the business and the messaging? Because you and I are living in an environment that is so business. And when you have to enlist the help of the very same people that are in our world, and maybe they're not necessarily as aware, you think that they are your friends, but sometimes they don't really help you out. And we have to learn to forgive them for that because maybe they just don't get it yet, right? Yeah, they don't get it yet. The problem is that we are being raised in an environment which is still class structure. It's still a pyramidal structure where we see the 1% as the enemy and we the 99% as a poor lost soul. And we have to stop seeing that. And it's hard to say and it's easy to say and harder to do because, you know, we are constantly reminded that, no, we are separated from each other. No, you poor people have no chance and, and the 1% is always 
manipulating you and going to push the vaccine. It's going to, you know, collect all the data that you have when you log on Facebook and so on. We have to go beyond our fear again. We have to trust each other that actually we are much more connected and interdependent than we think we are not. Uh, so it's about that. It's about realizing that we are all complementary, that money, for example, capital is just a tool. It's not the end. It's just a meaning. It's a meaning towards something to build something. So I, that's when we will move forward when really the capital is going hand in hand with the unions, with the people, and realize we need each other. We need capital to make films, and I need to make films to inspire the capital to be healthier in its mind. You know, it's always about a healthier mind and a healthier body and eventually an healthier environment. So we go by step. And first, what we have to do is re-evolutionize our mind, liberate our mind, uh, let the mind out of this jail that we have built with all these systems of thoughts and realize that we are all partners. And then we have liberated the mind, then hopefully we can liberate the body and become healthier and eat better and, and build a world that is a little bit more sane physically. And then obviously that transforms the environment and then we can hopefully have, have a greener planet. So it's all connected. It's all by phases and it's all together. It's we the people. We the people are the change that we want to see the world, not just you and I. And I think also, as you said, it's also all about perception. You know, we're going through these very difficult times, but I think this is a one in a lifetime opportunity to decide with yourself, what are you going to do about it? You know, how are you going to level up your thinking? How are you going to level up your goals and your dreams? And I feel that as you were saying, yes, money is money, but ultimately, and you and I say it all the time in our circuits, but content is indeed king. But it's really the kind of content that you end up making. And I think that's shifting. And we see that already in television. Um, there is already big changes going on and hopefully film will follow where now television is really more about the storytelling than the star power. And I hope that that's going to also translate into film when movie theaters become open again and things get back to normal. So I think there's some really exciting opportunities. And uh, I, you know, I can't help but wanting to ask you, of course, because you met so many incredible spiritual leaders as well as people who are creating change in the world, is there anybody, and I know it's hard to pick one, but is there anybody that really stood out for you and said something to you in that moment that you're like, wow, I'm just looking at life in a different way? So because I'm for gender parity and I'm for equality, I'm going to pick up one man and one woman. Right? Okay, great. Love it. <laughs> so All right. Wherever you are, we, we, for your school district, your city, your chess club, just get involved. That's how you change the world. Love it. You don't change the world by waiting to be saved. You have to become a savior yourself. But to go back to your question, so two people had a huge effect uh, spiritually, physically, meaning financially, because they helped me attract uh, financing, and created an environment that helped me grow as a human being. And they are brrr, drums. Under, we're going to start with a woman, Sharon Stone. So Sharon Stone, who, by the way, is an amazing actress, totally right now not really used at, it, at her full potential. She's an incredible soul. She, she's such a volcano, a volcano. I mean, it's, it's insane. I worked with her for the last 10 years on four documentaries, five now. And 
it's amazing. Just the energy, just being next to her, you, you wake up. <laughs> You're forced to wake up because she's got such a, an explosive, constructive energy and positive energy. Um, and, and she's in a great show that you, have, you were talking about series, Ratchet, which is on Netflix. Oh, my God, that prequel uh, oh, so the one flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? Yeah. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. She's amazing. <laughs> She's splendid. She's, oh my God, breath, breathtaking. So the, the, the reason is that um, she was kind of the, my, my first huge name to come on board and, and have faith in me. Trust me. She challenged me. She's, it was for the invocation, which is at the time you and I met because you introduced me to Gary Quinn. We did the and Laura Herring. Herring and Laura yeah. Herring, yeah, and Laura and Herring, yeah, and, and so basically Sharon, you know, saw the early cut of the invocation, which is an exploration of the notion of God. You know, small movie to <laughs> tackle always as your first documentary, but again, I'm kind of a daring, crazy guy, and she she pushed me and she pushed me and she pushed the envelope, and it was great because it, it forced me to better myself, and at the end, she said. Oh my God, this is perfect. It's amazing. The president should see that. Uh, everybody should be in the Library of Congress. Da, 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 da. So I'd, I'd be glad to be your partner. And I'm like, what? Sean is asking me to be your partner. Uh, it, it was insanely inspiring and, and motivating. So, you know, she gave me wings, mental wings. And that's what we need to give each other. We need to, to give each other a pair of wings and help us to fly. And you don't fly like this. You know, somebody needs to push you, to train you, to help you, to encourage you. So that's what she did. So Sean Stone, definitely still to this day, huge source of inspiration. Thank you. I love you, Sean. Second, well, not second, at the same level, again, because parity between men and women, complementarity. This is how we create life, men and women together. Uh, even so now, you know, we see what maybe we can be self-creating. That's another debate, maybe another documentary. But anyway, Desmond Tutu, Desmond Tutu. Oh my God, Desmond Tutu, same thing. What a force of nature. I remember going with my uh, cameraman that I salute, my uh, director of photography, my partner, my soulmate, uh, Claude budin juto And we, <laughs> we two little arrived in uh, Cape Town in South Africa, totally lost and clueless and uh, and on top of that we arrived finally so it took us some time to figure out where his office was which was in a, a suburb of Cape Town and then we arrived and uh, he opened the door to his own office which I was surprised and he said who are you I'm like ah, I'm Emmanuel Ichi. I'm coming to interview you for a documentary about God and his job just dropped he said what? <laughs> what who the heck are you and he had no idea even so I you know, I had exchanges of email. It was like 2010 or 11. So, you know, the internet was, nah, you know, not as uh, efficient as today. We definitely didn't have FaceTime or Zoom. Or, so the only way to, to, to connect with each other was either mail, uh, which obviously you are not going to use when you connect with uh, Desmond in South Africa, or email. And, and my, the email I had with his assistant were clear enough that, yes, we could come. I was spending like $20,000 between the plane ticket, the hotel, the cameraman, and so on. So it wasn't a cheap interview for one interview to conduct. 
And uh, the guy didn't even know who I was and, and what I was doing. I, I guess I was really super lucky. That's when I saw the divine intervention, that he, he was even there. I could have arrived and he wasn't there, which, by the way, happened to the Dalai Lama. That's another story for another time. But anyway, the reason he inspired me and he inspired me to this day is that, again, it's somebody who went through amazing, challenging, horrible times with the apartheid. And, uh, and, and in spite of all the challenges, all of the, the, the pain that he had to endure, he was able to move forward. So that's a great source of inspiration for me because, yes, whoever you are, you're going to every day meet tons of challenges and pain, and you're going to cry every day and be desperate. But somewhat you have to find that little light within yourself that's going to give you the faith again the trust, the strength to keep going. These are the three most important words you can use in your life. I, I, three, I love you. That's it. Exactly. Everything is if you say that. And if everything is not, if you don't say these words, and worse, if you say the three opposite words, which are I, fa, 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 you. Right? So just, just remember that. And hopefully next time you open your mouth, hopefully you're going to say the right sentence to help us build a beautiful world full of peace and love. But to connect with me, it's very simple. First, by the way, I'm open for love and business. For me, it's the same. Business is part of love and vice versa. Again, business is just a tool. It's a mean. So I'm open for love and business 24-7. So don't hesitate. I live on one planet. Even though I'm French, I'm a citizen of the world. I don't see any separation between countries, between race, between religion, between ideologies. I see only partners. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much for coming. And you know what? In closing, there is a friend of mine who, uh, well, he's not a friend, but he's somebody that I completely look up to who's Tony Robbins. And he was talking about this treasure hunter who for 16 years was looking for a treasure. And he kept going and going and going. And it took him about 16 years to find the Spanish gallon, which was, you know, buried with so much money in gold. And they said, what made you want to continue doing what you're doing for 16 years? And then he had to say three things. First, I needed to know that the treasure was up there which is obviously love, peace, whatever, then find a way. And then third, know that it is worth it. And that's something that we all have to remember. Peace, love, abundance for everyone, unity, everything, decency, it's all worth it. And I am so glad to have had this conversation with you, Emmanuel. Thank you for coming on my show. To all the listeners and the viewers out there, if you want to hear more about this type of content, do write to me, do rate me on my podcast because that's what keeps me going. I'm not making any money off of it. So please keep listening, keep telling me what you want and need, and I will bring it to your homes. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Heart of Show Business. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at theheartofshowbusiness.com.